page 7 in the Green Book. We stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities, with which I have offended thee, and justly deserve thy temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and truly repent of them. And I pray thee of thy boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a person for me. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you who heartily repent of your sins, believe on Jesus Christ, and sincerely and earnestly purpose by the assistance of God, the Holy Ghost, henceforth to amend your sinful lives. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The introit. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. 
let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Lord, we beseech thee, give ear to our prayers, enlighten the darkness of our hearts by thy gracious visitation, who livest and reignest with the Father and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. The Old Testament reading for the third Sunday in Advent is from the third chapter of Malachi. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom I seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts, but who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord as in the days of old, as in former years. And I will come near you for judgment. I will be like a swift witness against sorcerers, against adulterers, against perjurers, against those who exploit wages, er, wage earners and widows and orphans, against those who turn away an alien, because they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Here ends the reading. The epistle is from the fourth chapter of 1 Corinthians. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. 
Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. For I know nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this. But he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsel of the hearts. Let each one's praise come. Then each one's praise will come from God. Here ends the epistle. We rise for the gospel. Thou that dwellest between the cherubim, stir up thy strength and come. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, thou that leadest Joseph like a flock. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Stir up thy strength, and come and save us. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you coming? Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who has not offended because of me. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitude concerning John, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before me. Here ends the Gospel. Page 17, the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, 
begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father and he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. sermon text is from Matthew chapter 11 verse 10. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. This is our text. Let us pray. O gracious and merciful Lord Jesus Christ, who by countless signs and wonders 
has showed thyself to be the true Messiah that was to come, in whom alone we should trust and not look for another. We give thee thanks for the true knowledge of thee from thy comforting gospel and beseech thee, keep us steadfast in thy word, lest being offended by thee, we be led by worldly pleasure, the malice of men to depart from thee, who art our only Savior and Redeemer, blessed forever. Amen. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. The patriarch Joseph foretold by dreams the coming rescue of God's people in Egypt. But his brothers threw him into a pit and then sold him into slavery. The prophet Ezekiel was sent to preach the word to the nation of Israel. He was to warn them and call them back. But when he told them that they would go into captivity, they intended to kill him. However, the king rescued that elderly man and kept him alive. John the Baptist came preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. When he spoke the truth about the king's adulterous marriage to his brother's wife, he was thrown into prison. Now, some might say that his imprisonment had nothing to do with his proclamation of Christ, but that's wrong. You see, in order to prepare the way for Christ, John needed to preach both the law and the gospel. John preached the law so that people would be made poor beggars. And John preached the gospel to the poor so that they might trust in the forgiveness of sins. Jesus tells a story, a story about servants who are sent to invite men to the wedding feast. The people treat the messengers poorly and kill them. And then in the story, the owner says, oh, surely they will respect my son. And he sends him, but they kill the son, the owner's son as well. This message foretells the treatment that will come to the Son of God. And this pattern, as you can see, I've just mentioned a couple examples, this pattern of mistreating the messenger who brings the message continues even into the New Testament. On St. Stephen Day, the feast day is December 26th, we see that he also uh, was stoned. All of the apostles, with the exception of St. John, were martyred for spreading the gospel of Christ. The apostle Paul engaged in this persecution until he was converted to Christ. And then, not only did the Jews persecute St. Paul, but... Even the Gentiles were against him as he preached against their idols and against their immoral practices. This Sunday's readings all speak about the messenger of the message. In the last half of the Gospel for today, Jesus speaks highly of the messenger, John the Baptist. In 1 Corinthians 4, St. Paul speaks about the occupants of the pastoral office, and he calls them servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. And the prophet Malachi speaks about the messenger who will prepare the way 
for the Lord who will come to his temple. Yes, it's about John the Baptist who comes before Christ. I bring up this point because we tend to think that the message itself is all important. Well, we consider the messenger of relatively little importance. Maybe this idea that we have comes from the American Constitution in which the government is to make no law abridging the freedom of speech. I mean, it doesn't speak about the speaker. It speaks about speech, free speech, we know. And there are often cries about uh, the rejection of censorship when it comes to library books or social media. And, and then this idea of the message furthermore gets applied to the church. I always cringe whenever someone tries to frame the Reformation as free speech. It said that the church was telling people how to believe. And then Luther came and he, he freed us from oppressive and organized religion. And thus the Reformation then is said to be all about the free will of the individual being allowed to determine for themselves what to believe. It's baloney, yeah. Neither the church nor the individual gets to decide for themselves. Our beliefs are determined by the word of God. And the word of God was proclaimed and written by men who were sent by God, prophets and apostles. And that same message is proclaimed today by men in the pastoral office who are to be servants of Christ, stewards of the mysteries of God. You see, Dr. Martin Luther was not anti-church, nor was he anti-authoritarianism or anti-establishment. The problem was that the church was not preaching the scriptural message. It wasn't that Luther wanted to get rid of organized religion, nor did he want to get rid of the church's ministers, bishops and and pastors and deacons. It was not that he said, oh, everybody be a minister. No, no. In fact, he said, even if the Pope would preach the gospel, we would gladly serve under him. You see, there are those who think that they are somehow free agent Christians. They're, they're off by themselves and, and they're without any connection to a congregation or to any larger organization. They say that they hold to the Christian message of the scriptures, but then they don't attend or they don't join a church. And I guess it sounds plausible at first until you actually read the Holy Scriptures and find that God, in his word, directs believers to join a church. And he tells them to gather together for worship. And then we read that God called and sent out men to preach to his believers. And he directs the believers to come and hear the men and to judge their teaching. And in anticipation of, well, all this nonsense, God then 
specifically warns us in Hebrews 10, verse 25, saying, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. No, we must say that staying at home is unfaithful to the Scriptures. In more than that, it's also unloving to, well, the other believers who actually need our encouragement as It said in Hebrews 10, let us encourage one another. We need to be encouraged in this endeavor. So today's readings direct our attention to the message preached by the messengers. There is no disembodied message, a message without a body. Every message has to be preached by some body. And so we are asked to examine our attitude towards the message being preached by the messenger. Next Sunday, well, we'll skip over Advent 4 because Christmas Eve falls on that day and we'll celebrate that. But normally we would have another Sunday that deals with John the Baptist in which he says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. You see, Jesus knows that a message needs a voice. And that voice was John's voice. In today's Holy Gospel, Jesus first directs the, John's disciples to Isaiah's prophecy. That's the first thing he does. Jesus is the coming one, and Jesus is doing exactly what Isaiah had prophesied. Jesus gave sight to the blind. He made the lame walk. Jesus healed, cleansed the lepers, made the deaf hear. Jesus raised from the dead men like Lazarus. And now Jesus was engaged in the most important duty of his task. He was preaching the gospel to the poor. The message of the forgiveness of sins for the repentant. And then Jesus himself goes beyond. He goes beyond any prophet, apostle, or pastor Because Jesus, first of all, he's the prophet who was to come like Moses, and yet he's not another lawgiver like Moses, no. John 1.17 says, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth, that's his message, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So Jesus came preaching the good news of the forgiveness of sins. And this Jesus, our Savior, is not only the messenger who preached the message, he actually is the embodied message. Modern advertising says that the medium is the message. Well, guess what? Jesus didn't just preach the message. He was the medium of the new covenant. He was it. Yes. To receive Jesus is to receive the message. Do you believe that Jesus died for you? Yes. Do you believe Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. It's the same. Jesus is the message. Christianity is not built upon principles of truth. It's not a philosophy about life or an idea that we have about love. Christianity is a person. It's about a person, Jesus Christ. He fulfilled our place under the law and he paid the price for our transgression. Through faith in him, we have eternal life. So now to return to the messengers 
which God sends, we are called to consider the occupants of the pastoral office as servants of Christ. Christ's message comes to you through Christ's servants. Jesus sends them out so that you will come to faith in him. If you love Jesus, you will treat his servants sent by him who bring you Christ and his message. You will treat them accordingly. Now, the pastor, as he relates to God, we find that he is a minister, a servant. As the minister relates to us, we say that he is a steward, a manager, a steward of the mysteries of God. That is, he manages God's word and sacraments. He presents them to us because the word and sacraments present to us the mysteries of the faith, not not supernatural wonders, but spiritual truth, which, which we would not have known unless they had been revealed by the scriptures themselves. So we learn about uh, Jesus dying for the sins of the world. We learn about the virgin birth. We learn how uh, baptism gives a new birth. So they're mysteries of the faith. The minister is to be considered a manager. You might even call him a waiter. Yes. Consider him God's waiter. He brings out the food of eternal life. And he serves up word and he serves up the sacraments that they might teach the doctrines of the faith. So as John lay in prison, Jesus knew that the people might question the messenger John. Well, he's in prison. He's still in prison. And then they might question his message of preparing the way. So Jesus made it clear. He directed them to consider John, the messenger. He asked about them. He said, John, he's not a man who just proclaimed uh, and agreed with any prevailing winds of change. John, no, he preached the truth, even if it got him thrown into prison. John did not. You didn't respect him because he had worldly niceties of living in a castle, eating delicacies, or wearing soft clothing. John was a prophet. He was a messenger of the message. It's kind of unusual. He lived in the wilderness. He wore camel's hair garments. He ate locusts. You might be offended at John, but no, listen. He's a messenger of the message. You see, the men whom Christ sends are not to be respected because of their popularity of prevailing trends. They're not to be admired by worldly standards. And if they're thrown in prison or mistreated, pay it no mind. The occupant of the pastoral office is to be respected as a servant of Christ and a steward for us. Why? Because he prepares the way for the Lord. He preaches law and gospel. He preaches the law which shows us our sin, makes us one of the spiritual poor. He preaches the Christ, so that the glory of the Lord can be revealed. He preaches about the Jesus who came as a child, taking on human flesh that he might suffer and die and take away our sins. He preaches about the Christ that Isaiah said would open the eyes of the blind, make the lame walk, cleanse the lepers, give hearing to the deaf, raise the dead. But most of all, he preached the message of good news to the poor. He preached it. John preached it. 
and the pastoral office is to continue to prepare the way for the Lord to preach this good news of Jesus Christ. Don't be offended at Christ, the one who came for us. He did what Isaiah said. Don't be offended at the messenger. John lies in prison, and he will ultimately die, but he is still God's messenger to preach the message. Trust in Christ, for he was sent. Uh, The messenger was sent to preach the message of Christ for your faith. Amen. May the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Page 18, the offertory, we stand. Let us pray. (coughs) Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank Thee for all Thy goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of Thy dear Son, for the revelation of Thy will and grace. And we beseech Thee so to implant Thy word in us, that in good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth fruit by patient continuance in well-doing. Most heartily we beseech thee so to rule and govern thy church universal with all its pastors and ministers, that it may be preserved in the pure doctrine of thy saving word, whereby faith toward thee may be strengthened and charity increased in us toward all mankind. Grant also health and prosperity to all in authority, especially to the President and Congress of the United States, the Governor and Legislature of this Commonwealth, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after thy good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. 
May it please thee also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for thy name and for thy true sake, Comfort, O God, with thy Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of thy fatherly will. And although we have deserved thy righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat thee, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of thine unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, Defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of thy mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show thyself a very present help, the Savior of all men, especially of them that believe. Cause also the needful fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with thy blessings. We ask your blessing upon our Bishop James, our pastors Michael and Gary, as well as upon uh, the Jason and Blake in the armed forces, Daniel and Alex uh, serving as police officers, for our shut-ins, Carolyn and Patty, our elderly, Violet and Tom, for our pregnant, those who are pregnant with and for their unborn children, for Susan and Christina, also our students, Tom and Kara, Jonathan, Sarah, Sadie, and Alexis. We also bring before you those of various needs with Kevin, Levi, Larry and Deb, Christina, Jim, and also uh, Charlotte with uh, health concerns. Be with Denise, Melanie, Anita, uh, also Hal and Carolyn Schmidt, uh, who are having uh, health concerns as well. These and whatsoever other things thou wouldst have us ask of thee, O God, vouchsafe unto us, for the sake of the bitter sufferings and death of Jesus Christ, thine only Son, our Lord and Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Dearly beloved, for as much as we purpose to come to the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ, it becometh us to diligently to examine ourselves, as St. Paul exhorts us, for this Holy Sacrament has been instituted for the special comfort and strengthening of those who humbly confess their sins 
and who hunger and thirst after righteousness. But if we thus examine ourselves, we shall find nothing in us but only sin and death, from which we can in no wise set ourselves free. Therefore, our Lord Jesus Christ hath had mercy upon us and hath taken upon himself our nature, that so he might fulfill for us the whole will and law of God, and for us and for our deliverance suffer death and all that we by our sins have deserved. And to the end, that we should the more confidently believe this and be strengthened by our faith in cheerful obedience to his holy will, he hath instituted the holy sacrament of his supper, in which he feedeth us with his body and giveth us to drink of his blood. Therefore, whoso eateth of this bread and drinketh of this cup, firmly believing the words of Christ, dwelleth in Christ and Christ in him, and hath eternal life. We should also do this in remembrance of him, showing his death, that he was delivered for our offenses, raised again for our justification, and rendering unto him most hearty thanks for the same. Take up our cross and follow him. And according to his commandment, love one another, even as he hath loved us. For we are all one bread and one body, even as we are all partakers of this one bread and drink of this one cup. Places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, whose way John the Baptist prepared, proclaiming him the Messiah, the very Lamb of God and calling sinners to repentance, that they might escape from the wrath to be revealed when he comes again in glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, Evermore praising you and saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God of Sabaoth, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Blessed is he 
Lord of heaven and earth, we praise and thank you for having had mercy on those whom you created, sending your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Thank you. 
give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.